welcome back to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Demmer, your host, and today I'm here with Rudolf Linda, ST Genetics New Zealand Sales and Operations Director. And he is here to tell us about the New Zealand dairy market, but more specifically, he is here to tell us about the new proposal from the New Zealand government to tax agricultural greenhouse gas emissions in an effort to be net zero by 2050. But before we dive into this topic, I just wanted to thank you, Rudolph, for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Laura. Uh, it's, it's great meeting you guys. So to start, can you explain what your position is with ST Genetics New Zealand and how you came into this position? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so most of my career, Laura, I've been um, either directly or indirectly um, involved in bovine genetics. And um, when ST acquired a uh, stakeholding and then later on the, the, the full ownership of cogent breeding in, in the UK, now a subsidiary of, of SD Genetics. Um, I joined the company in the UK uh, in 2018 as a global business development manager, where a lot of my emphasis and focus was on route to market development, um, product development, um, working with customers uh, within the UK and then also in, in the international arena where where Cogent and then ST um, has a presence. Um, a lot of the focus as well was on launching and, implement and the implementation of new uh, innovative solutions. But I think I was very you know, privileged to be part of, I suppose, the, the, uh, the implementation and then launch of commercial female genotyping in the UK, which was quite a revolutionary experience, um, which today is, is growing uh, significantly on an annual basis uh, where the adoption of, of, of genomic breeding values in female selection on UK dairy farms has been quite significant and now form a big part, integrated part of the, of the uh, decision-making process. And so um, through COVID and everything happening in New Zealand, uh, where we still feel we've got significant opportunity um, and a role to play in the domestic New Zealand market, uh, SD Genetics asked me to come back to New Zealand, given I am a New Zealand citizen, so it was quite an easy transition um, to come and manage the company in New Zealand. That's fantastic. Can you give us the brief landscape of the current New Zealand dairy market? Yeah, sure. I mean, New Zealand still is very much predominant pasture-based system. Um, although over the years, there's been various forms of supplementation that is provided on farm, I mean, you will see feed pads, uh, you know, in the North Island, which is which is quite a common site now. Um, and then equally, as you go further down south, especially in the South Island, in, in, in the Canterbury area and in Southland area, um, where environmentally they are very exposed um, to the to the weather elements, um, you will see barns, a typical North American based barn system there as well. Although throughout certain times of the year, where there's quite a significant uh, proportion of grass growth. Um, there is obviously the utilization of that pasture as well. So it's not that cows are housed 24-7, but there's also the utilization of those pasture elements uh, if and where um, that is available. I mean, there's still a variation. You know, we we work on a system one to five, you know, either ends of the spectrum concerning the classification of uh, the level of input and the intensification of, of uh, systems on farm. New Zealand enjoyed, after some very low milk prices for quite a few years and quite a few seasons, uh, they enjoyed for the last season a record farm gate milk price uh, payout, um, which was which was extremely welcome. However, um, as we all can appreciate, that is accompanied by significant increases in on-farm expenses, you know, fertilizer, shortage of labor, 
fuel increases. You know, so overall farm expenses, um, you know, have have gone up quite significantly as well. Um, there's still a very, very, um, very much shortness of labour, um, you know, on farm in New Zealand, which poses uh, challenges, but equally opportunity. And and I think what we've seen, especially over the last two years, is the is the adoption of technologies on farm, especially with like with the likes of precision collars for heat detection um, and so forth. You know, so I think there's there's a there's a movement that we can see in industry towards towards the the adoption and then equally um, the ability on on um, you know technologies to assist um, on farm potentially you know where there's a shortage of that of that labor requirement um, the live exports on another note you know New Zealand um, from next year uh, banned live exports of animals uh, via ship um, and so that again poses some challenges but equally some opportunity um, you know for um, the the increased usage of sex semen, which we are seeing on farm, uh, and to ensure that you know we breed uh, from our best genetics uh, concerning uh, heifer inventory management and, and making sure that we constantly drive you know um, genetic gains in the subsequent generation. There's a big emphasis and focus on the utilization of both male and female genomic breeding values. Um, yeah, so there's there's some real opportunity uh, accompanied by the challenges, and there will always be challenges, but I think there's some real upside as well. Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that information with us. Um, what would you say is the average herd um, in New Zealand genetic goal for your market? Well, Laura, given the significant seasonal pressures that we have associated with such a tight calving um, pattern, you know, everything pretty much happens predominantly in the spring, spring calving year. Um, so over that June, July, August period, you know, depending on, again, where you are in the country, there's a bit of a, a three to four week difference between North and the South Island. But fertility remains, you know, critical on farm. You know, we've got such a short window um, to get cows back in calf and to keep that calving block essentially as tight as possible. So that fertility will always be a key measure on farm and and and, and fertility rates essentially, you know, over that first four to six week um, mating period. Um, so that is critical. The other thing that has, has been enjoying a lot of attention for a long time in New Zealand is mature cow weight. You know, we don't want cows too big. Cows do walk um, uh, quite long distances, um, you know, to the to the milk, milking parlor, as, as you would refer to it in the US or the cow shed, um, as we call it in New Zealand. Um, so they, they walk long distances. So feet and legs and equally cow mature weight um, is something that we keep a, a, a very um, good eye on. But equally, we want we want cows that's robust, you know, nice and strong that can, um, you know, I suppose withstand the elements being exposed to the weather um, and essentially take care of themselves. Um, but Interestingly enough, you know, we've got a lot of pressure, you know, on on land availability, um, you know, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, which predominantly is a focus for this talk today, and ultimately the overall efficiency of animal on farm. You know, we, we do see and there's a lot of pressure on uh, not just the dairy industry, but I suppose the primary industry and livestock farmers in general, sheep and beef as well, to reduce stock numbers on farm. And I suppose, you know, that is... Um, that is going to potentially bring a different dynamic on farm with regards to what is the efficiency of the future animal actually looks like. Yes, definitely. Um, everyone, I think, is facing those pressures, especially to just 
produce more with less. Um, I think that's a, a world topic right now. So now we're switching gears just a little bit, but um, can we talk about the new greenhouse gas emission announcement? Um, and can you just give us a rundown on what this proposal exactly is? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it short and sweet, Laura, so I'll summarize it um, in, in basic terms. But um, yes. you know, essentially on the 11th of October uh, this year, the New Zealand government announced that New Zealand, New Zealand farmers will start paying a levy essentially on all um, agricultural emissions by 2025. And essentially what this will mean is you know, um, farmers will have to start paying a regulated price essentially for methane, carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide emissions um, on farm in terms of what they produce throughout their production system. And according to the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, you know, farming accounts for roughly half of the country's total greenhouse gas emissions. And she also mentioned that, you know, as part of the, uh, the South Pacific nation, you know, this legislative, legislative target of reducing methane emissions by 10% below the 2017 levels by 2030, you know, has raised a lot of eyebrows. But essentially, that's the target. You know, that's, that's the goal, um, essentially, which the government have, you know, put forward. In my opinion, you know, that's that's roughly in a nutshell what that is. But in my opinion, you know, um, you know, by just making use of a basic philosophy, you know, I look at it two ways. You know, you can either beat someone with a stick, you know, to put it bluntly. Um, and I think, you know, we all can appreciate what that outcome is likely to be. Or, you know, you can you can work collaboratively with everyone, you know, on this journey whereby we reward positive behaviors, you know, where there potentially mm -hmm. is the opportunity for win-win for everyone. And I think you know, if we just look around us, you know, New Zealand is by no means unique um, in this instance. You know, this is a global tendency. It's, it's a challenge that we see globally in, in a lot of markets. And, and I think Europe is probably the best one to make an example of, you know, where we've seen one of their largest processes, ALA, putting forward a very well-defined plan, also a cooperative. Um, you know, they worked very closely with their members. Um, where supplies will actually be rewarded, you know, uh, for the for the changes that they would advocate for and then implement, which makes complete economic sense. And most importantly, the desired outcome for them as a milk processor is going to be the environmental benefit, you know. So I think that's a typical example of a win-win when things are done, you know, as best as possible by working collaboratively with the farming community, with the politicians, with the government, with the communities to essentially get everyone on the same, you know, on the same bus and 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 work towards the same outcomes and goals. But that essentially, in a nutshell, Laura, is, is what this emissions announcement, um, you know, encompasses. So you started to touch on this a little bit, I think, but how do you think this will impact your customers directly? Well, I think if you look at federated farmers, you know, which represents, um, you know, a big proportion of, of and living on behalf of, of um, an advocate, I should say, on behalf of New Zealand farmers, not just dairy, but across the primary sector, you know, they're quite concerned, you know, to be honest with the with the government's proposal and, and take on this. And mm -hmm. um I think that the key thing is the, the real concern here is is New Zealand is only as big as it is, and and what they feel is, you know, this will put a lot of pressure on farming systems. You know, New Zealand being a primary export country, this is the livelihood of our primary sector, and there's a big focus towards you know essentially planting trees in layman's terms, you know, on 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 essentially you know productive farmland um, as well, you know, to to mitigate some of these challenges. Um, you know, they, they, they strongly feel that there's a departure from this partnership, essentially, which I mentioned earlier, um, 
of an advisory group, you know, providing governance, uh, governance and then equally guidance as to what this successful plan could look like. And it seems that, you know, the prices uh, for these for these taxes essentially will be set annually, um, you know, for, through through government documents that's been that's been proposed um, throughout this this uh, I suppose roadmap. And so what they what they then also say is the revenue from these levies obviously will be recycled back into incentive payments back to the farmers, you know, to to really uh, provide some some um, funding essentially for mitigation technologies such as methane inhibitors. Um, and and various other you know technologies in order to to mitigate some of these greenhouse gas emissions. So I think the big thing there is you know there's going to be an impact, uh, a significant impact on the wider farming community, on uh, on our customers. And I think at the moment it's just you know it, it's the uncertainty. Right. I think as to you know what is needed, you know what's the plan. I don't think farmers in general, especially dairy farmers, are so opposed to the fact that you know everyone needs to do something. I think it's more so. What needs to be done and how can we do that, you know, by setting realistic and achievable goals in order to achieve that? And I think everyone is keen for that idea. Uh, it's just a matter of, again, getting getting all those parties around a table so that, you know, you can you can proactively do something about it and collaborate. And, and I'll give you an example of where something has been done really well in the sheep industry, where Beef and Lamb New Zealand actually, you know, through years of research, they've actually now produced a a breeding value in sheep, a genomic breeding value, where they can now select efficiently to breed essentially greener animals by reducing greenhouse gas emissions, in particular methane. You know, so they now actively select for that. So it just shows you it can be done, it has been done, um, but that's been a very long road um, that it requires a lot of thought-provoking ideas and equally implementation. And I right. think, you know, that's a success story that should be celebrated and, and it's demonstrated. It can be done. Definitely. So how do you foresee um, this helping the future of the New Zealand dairy industry? And do you think, um, you started to touch on this too, but what type of opportunities do you think this will bring to your dairy producers? Well, I think the first question I would ask, especially from a from a, a, a cow or female perspective on farmers, you know, what does the future cow in New Zealand need to look like? Um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that that's a question on, if not everyone, a, a, a large proportion of dairy farmers' minds as to, you know, it's such now a multifaceted approach. It's not just about the the milk production, although that will be the key focus on farm, but we also appreciate, you know, through some of the initiative that I mentioned earlier regarding dairy beef and the utilization of, you know, beef pregnancies out of dairy cows, it's now such a multifaceted approach. It, it takes some real careful consideration. And so starting off with the cow, you know, what type of what type of animal is going to satisfy the, the dairy production requirements that we need, you know, in terms of, you know, efficiency of kilograms per, per milk solids per hectare effective that we can produce per animal on farm. Uh, and then equally, can that animal produce us a, a dairy beef carcass, which is actually accepted by, by the wider supply chain, you know? So I think that is definitely is some of the, the challenges and, and something that would excite us as SD Genetics from a, from a genetic standpoint as to how can we support our customers, you know, throughout that journey. Um, the other opportunity, you know, as the government stated this part of there, not that I want to focus too much on politics, but I think this is important to mention, you know, the, the New Zealand government feel very strongly that this proposal would see New, De New Zealand dairy farmers leading the way in reducing emissions, you know, and really taking a competitive advantage 
Concerning our export brand, as mentioned earlier, you know, New Zealand is very heavily reliant on, on a net export country. And so our brand globally producing, you know, nutritious uh, protein, in this instance, milk and milk formula is extremely important. I would expand on that to say, well, actually, can we, and I'm sure we can, produce a similar of quality red meat that we potentially can export as well, you know, as a, as mm-hmm. a net export country. Um, and then they further go on and say, well, there's no other country in the world that's developed, you know, such an integrated system yet for pricing and reduction of agricultural emissions. So the government really want to put a positive spin on this. And, 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 and I appreciate where, you know, where they're coming from. And, and it's something that could potentially boost export earnings. But I think what we need to focus on first and foremost before we get to that is actually what's the impact on farm level locally. Yeah. And I think once we get that piece of the puzzle right, then we can look at actually what's the benefits, the monetary benefits, you know, outside of outside of the farm data, essentially going into the wider, you know, um, international arena, as per se. Yes, definitely. And thank you for your take on that. So do you believe ST Genetics New Zealand is in a good position to help New Zealand dairy farmers through this transition? Well, I definitely think so. You know, if you think about us as, as ST Genetics New Zealand and ST Genetics as a wider group of companies, you know, we are there to support our farmer producers. You know, everything that we do is around customer centricity, you know, listening to our farmers, consulting with our farmers. You know, that starts all the way from what they need today, but what they might need in the future. And I think that's the part that excites us. You know, we are there to provide industry solutions. And by that, I don't mean, you know, we do everything ourselves. You know, I think one of the unique things about ST Genetics New Zealand, and it's pretty um, pretty obvious in our approaches that we take in the market and the products that we bring to market. You know, we open ourselves up for collaboration. You know, we want to collaborate with not just the farming community, but industry partners and even competitors as well, you know, for the greater good of the industry. And so we're very open and honest about that. But I, again, I think it's about setting realistic goals that is achievable in the time frame that we associate that with, you know, and it all comes back to education, education, education. You know, I think... Probably now more so than ever before, what I've seen over the last probably three to four years, it's becoming a lot more evident the role that genetics and the impact that genetics can have on farm. And I think as a, as a, as a dairy genetics company, you know, we have the genetics, but both the technology and the genetics in combination in order to bring some of those changes uh, in a very optimistic way to, to our customers. And I think that will definitely... Um, be science-led as as with all our initiatives you know the research is there you know it can provide scientific clarity that can demonstrate the significant impact and role that genetic genetics and ultimately technology can have um you know to to help our customers on this journey you know and 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 i suppose you know again the use of dairy female sex and and ultimately male beef sex has just been another example of that you know nothing happens overnight it takes time but once we've demonstrated the, I suppose, the, the, the practicalities at a farm level and then equally the economic and monetary benefits, you know, I think then we can really take our farmers and the wider community on this journey. Yes, I completely agree. So my next question is, with the announcement of Ecofeed cow and Ecofeed heifer indexes that ST Genetics made a few months ago, do you believe this will be a key tool for your dairy producers in the long run? Well, I think it's fair to say, you know, throughout this conversation and, you know, again, if we just look around 
us what's happening in the global arena. I mean, I suppose there's probably not a better time for something like this. I think the world is ready. Consumers, you know, uh, let's not forget about our consumers, you know, are ready. Um, our farming community is ready. So, yes, definitely, you know, in short, uh, uh, EcoFeed Cow and and EcoFeed Plus will definitely play a significant role going forward. You know, we are putting a lot of emphasis on that at the moment in our local New Zealand market. Um, but again, I want to bring it back to education. You know, this is a this is this is novel. It's new. Yes. Um, you know, it's going to take time to make sure we work with the industry and our customers so they fully understand and comprehend. You know how to implement. You know, eco feed, um, heifer cow, and then ultimately plus in their integrated breeding programs. And you know, the utilization of genomics and the fact that we can get eco feed scores. Now, with all of our um, genotypes that we provide back on females, I think that is, is really fundamental, you know, to the implementation of EcoFeed going forward. You know, it's, it's, you know, we have a corporate social and environmental responsibility to take ownership here. And I think, you know, it's fair to say that we've put a clear stake in the ground, you know, as a moral responsibility that, you know, we have a significant role to play here and we own up to that. And I think, if I can expand on that, you know, it's not just about, you know, eco-feed cow and heifer, but it's also about eco-feed in our dairy beef program, you know, with our wider supply chain, as mentioned earlier, you know, it's now such a multifaceted approach. Um, and, and you know, that starts today if, if, and, and, and we're already, you know, going on that journey with our customer and the industry and, you know, field days is coming up, your national field days. It's coming up in, in, uh, at the end of November, beginning of December, and EcoFeed will be a big focus point for us, you know, through, through that event as well, you know. So we welcome our customers and the industry to come and talk to us about EcoFeed and how EcoFeed can form part of the uh, integrated breeding decisions. Yes. And, I mean, you have said it a few times, but education is key to the success of a proposal like this. It's key to the success of um, farmers and their goals. So my final question for you um, for today's podcast, just to wrap it up, is how will you go forward um, along with your sales force um, advising your customers through this government proposal? Well, Laura, you've said it, you know, education is such a such an important um, part of what we do. And, and that just that's not just for the wider environment, you know, and the industry, but it starts in, internally. And so, you know, we put a lot of emphasis, um, you know, with our genetic breeding consultants on, you know, continuous education and development, um, you know, and EcoFeed again, like, like various of the other programs and technologies form part of, of weekly educational um, programs. And so what I would say is whatever we do will be, you know, very well um, scientifically uh, sound and research-based outcomes. You know, that's how we will support our customers. And again, EcoFeed to date, putting an emphasis on EcoFeed, which is relevant to this conversation, still is arguably the most comprehensive and ongoing research in this field. And so, you know, not just from an um, internal validation program, but also externally validated, you know, with not just concerning feed conversion efficiency, but also the subsequent uh, benefits towards um, the environmental um, positive outcomes associated with uh, feed conversion efficiency, and then equally the utilization of natural resources, you know, in a very efficient manner. And I think that's the thing that really excites us. You know, this is, this is much bigger than just 
one element, uh, for instance, feed conversion efficiency, there's a significant positive mm -hmm. impact, you know, on the environment and also the utilization of resources, which we know is scarce. And I mean, you know, to, to cement that further, I mean, a 15% less feed consumption and 21% less water consumption with an associated, you know, significant reduction, in my opinion, of 15% in methane of a trait that is 26% heritable with more than 1.6 million feed intake records of, again, stating the facts, more than 850 bulls progeny tested over eight years of research and more than half a million females with eco-feed scores. I mean, to me, that that's stating the facts, you know, that is, that is scientifically sound evidence. And I think that speaks volumes. You know, I mentioned earlier about SD putting a stake in the ground, allocating a significant amount of resource funding and CapEx investment into this program. And, you know, we're in a very fortunate position to bring this innovation to our customers and walk this journey with them, um, you know, to, to rely on scientifically sound research and evidence um, in order to guide our customers, you know, through the challenging, but also I would want to remain optimistic times ahead of us, you know, to, to firmly believe that, that we will get through this. And at the end, you know, and, and a couple of years in the future, we will look back and, and, and uh, be proud of ourselves, you know, with our farming community to say that, you know, look at what we've achieved so far. Yes. And like you said, those numbers that research put forth is extremely impressive. And there is definitely a lot of opportunity for dairy producers going forward with with that um, with that knowledge. So I just wanted to thank you again, Rudolph, for joining us today and for giving us all this great insight into the New Zealand dairy market and the new initiatives your country is pursuing. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for, for having me, Laura. It was, a, it was a pleasure engaging with you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And from all of us at ST Genetics, have a great day. Thank you.